Hey guys, uh, Griffin and Alex here. Hello. Um, this episode gets a little political, and it gets a little current issues involving um, gun rights and school shootings, and or mass shootings and spree shootings. Uh, we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to yeah, make it seem like we're making fun or light of anything. So if you guys want to take this episode off, feel free. Yeah, and also don't watch these movies. Yeah, the, the <laughs> we're gonna cover uh, we're gonna cover um, Death Wish, the 1974 movie, and Death Wish, the 2018 Bruce Willis film. Um, it's we we don't want to talk about these issues because we're supposed to be a lighthearted movie podcast, but these movies really focus on this discussion of good guy with a gun. So sadly, Alex and I have to drag ourselves into this arena. Um, again, yeah, if you guys so. don't want to listen to this episode, you because it does broach on sensitive issues, and it does broach on issues that I think Alex and I, while we're both relatively intelligent, I think there are smarter people out there who can discuss this better. Yeah, and we're pretty, you know, extemporaneously speaking about these topics, it's like we're not going to capture all the nuance they need. Uh, so feel right. free to take the week off if you want to. No, yeah. one, will, no one will be offended. I wanted to, honestly, so uh that that's it we'll uh we'll bring you back into the episode now see you next week tonight we review an aging charles bronson in death wish nine i wish i was dead hey it's like people only do things because they get paid and that's just really sad Hold your applause. Thank you. No, no. We got a great show for you guys tonight. Yep. Welcome back to Reboot <laughs> Seaboot. <laughs> uh, I'm your co-host, Griffin. I am an NRA fever dream, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're the podcast that reboots and deboots movies, their uh, adaptations, albeit video game, novel, or original film. We break it down and we talk about it for you lovely people. That is indeed our MO. Yep. So what's going on, Alex? How you been? Uh, doing all right. I got uh, one more week of work. Uh, four days and then I get like two weeks off for the holidays. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. How you going to spend it? Uh, I don't, you know, write the great American novel. Travel. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. you're laughing you're because gonna... you're so happy for me to finally realize my <laughs> dreams you're gonna rewrite on the road no i'm gonna write my own great american novel It'll be about, oh okay about working in it is it called, is it a <laughs> north of eden no i would oh. uh, i do really like east of eden i would never i, I, I would never I know, try to get I... close to it <laughs> yeah it's, it's... Even as the literature, uh, I know better that, you know, there are some things I'll never attain. Yeah, I'm going to write a book called <laughs> The Cherries of Wrath. <laughs> uh, how have you been doing since last we spoke? Uh, you know, I've been good, man. I've been good. Um, I... Brr, playing a little bit of Steam. 
um, watching some movies, getting ready for the holidays. You know, Alicia and I did all of our shopping. Now we have to do all the wrapping. Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta get wrapping accoutrement this weekend. Yep. Yep. Aside from that, just uh, you know, hanging out, living the dream. Cool. cool. Living the dream. So, uh, this week's movie, man. Movies, yeah. They were, yeah. Uh, there was something else. Yeah, so, okay, uh, we are discussing the 1974 and 2018 Death Wish. 1974, Charles Bronson. 2018, Bruce Willis. Um, Alex, what's your experience with Death Wish? Absolutely none outside of like occasionally I would watch a lot of cable TV at my grandma's house and I remember seeing like Death Wish 4, 3, 4, and 5 would show up <laughs> a lot, but I never watched them. I just would see them in the TV guide listing. Uh, that was about it, honestly. I like, I kind of, I was vaguely aware that the ta- the story was somewhat reminiscent of like Taken, right? Where it's like, I, yeah. I, I knew that, I knew that like, dude's family is off and then he goes on a killing spree uh yeah that was about it i didn't even know there was a remake until we talked about it like two weeks ago or something so mm. i'm not super keyed into the death wish happenings <laughs> right what about you um i had seen death wish four and five Oh, good. Like, in the 90s, in the thousands. And I knew that it was... I obviously, like, you know, Death Wish 4 and 5, so there's obviously a 1, 2, and 3. But I never... Uh, I, n- I never had an urge or desire. Because I you, you see 4 and 5, and you pretty much get the point of, like, where this starts, right? No, I felt after watching um, 1. I was like... They set up a right. sequel at the end of it, and I was like, yeah, I get it. I'm good. Right. Um, And then, you know... I'd say Death Wish is still widely parodied. I mean, how many characters don like Charles Bronson's whole revenge motive? Like the Simpsons did it. Family Guy did it. American Dad did it. Futurama had a Death Wish thing in it. Like, it's just parodied everywhere, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, there's at least one Biggie song where he talks about right. murdering people like Charles Bronson. Yeah, so that um, clip at the well, beginning was from well, it was from a this, it was from The Simpsons technically, but it was from a crossover they did with the critic, so that was actually the critic. But yeah. <laughs> right, but it was yeah, the it's, Death Wish thanks. thing, and yeah. um, what I didn't know about Death Wish and what I didn't expect from Death Wish is uh, the whole good guy with a gun message. Yeah, that's a. Uh... It becomes pretty clear early on that, like, that's what's happening. I did not realize how, like, conservative politically this movie. Maybe and maybe it only looks like that upon like watching it now, forty years later, or what, forty-five. Well, okay, but, so yeah, well, who or thirty? I can't math. I, I mean, they call Bronson in the movie. They call Bronson a bleeding liberal, like a bleeding heart liberal, like two or three times. Yeah, for the first like ten minutes, right? And he was a conscientious objector in Korea, uh, right? So they're really setting him up as like 
They're like, oh, someone look at who... this, this left wing pussy, basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> who goes to Arizona and learns how cool guns are, but he was secretly good at guns the whole time. Death Wish was based off a novel from 1972, and it had a sequel called Death Sentence in 1975. <laughs> okay. Um, they changed the main character's last name, and they changed his job. Uh, originally, he was a CPA. In yeah. the movie, they make him an architect. Yeah. I mean, he's doing an architect's job. They give him a goofy <sighs> other name. He's like a development engineer or something. But right. He's, he's uh, an architect. He's... <laughs> yeah, he's Paul Kersey. With an E? Yeah. <laughs> um... So the original Death Wish, Alex, how much would you think it was made for? Oh, I actually inadvertently. Oh wait, maybe I don't remember. It wasn't. It was like a like single digit millions, right? Uh, three point seven. Yeah. Okay. You yep. want to know what the box office take was? It was like thirty something, I think. Mid-30s? Twenty to twenty-two. Oh, okay. Million. Hmm. Um, what did you think upon watching it? I uh, so I like the aesthetics. I hate the messaging. Uh, that was my sort of main takeaway. Like the soundtrack, Herbie Hancock, really good. Right. So good. And the camera work is pretty cool too, honestly. Uh, like they do some early on, like the, the scene where he's at his wife's funeral and stuff. That stuff all plays out pretty nice. I, right. I, I did not like the movie overall, though. It was kind of an unpleasant experience all the way through for me. Especially when they have, like, the little interjections from just, like, random background characters that will just spout, oh, like, right-wing talking points yeah. and not be challenged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... Like, there's a scene where he's walking into, like, a, a party in an apartment and you just the hear cock- this, oh, yeah. this woman I in have the that background. Note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yep. very, uh, very racist, uh, didn't love that, I think basically all but the first person he kills are minorities, uh, and the first person he kills is, like, a homeless heroin addict, so that's fun. Is, uh... Right, oh, <laughs> the line is, uh, more black muggers than white, that's because more blacks are muggers, racial equality for muggers. Yeah, yeah, the guy is... Is like the lie. This, woman, yeah. this woman's talking to this guy at this party, and the guy says, well, he's definitely a racist. He's killed way more black people than white people. And she's like, right. well, there's just more black muggers. What do you want? Racial equality for muggers? Right. And then his, like, the dude he works with that's, like, just kind of an asshat is like, ah, ha, ha, racial equality for muggers. I love it. He's the same guy who at the beginning is like, we basically... He's, he says he wants to put criminal it's either criminals or homeless people it might be both but he wants to put them in a concentration camp is like his oh yeah yeah early on and then they they say something about how like there's not enough taxes in the world to police the city effectively which is <laughs> i don't yeah there's a lot of stuff like that and then i was not ready for like i kind of thought it was going to be revenge killing but it's not he basically just goes out and does random spree killings like he lures people into situations where he gets to kill them as like a 
you know, it's like yeah, the, like the the moral gray area, right? Yeah, he gets like a fig leaf of self defense by putting himself in situations where he knows someone is going to attack him, and then he basically murders them as soon as they move. That's kind of his his whole deal. Uh, so, um, up top, once again, did you notice the very first name in Death Wish in the opening uh, credits? Yeah, Dino De Laurentiis there. <laughs> Fucking, we're back to Dila De Laurentiis, man. I saw yeah. it. And I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" This guy's. Like, we are now the Dila De Laurentiis podcast. I we was will be discussing all things. Well, he's produced like 570 movies or something, and directed like and, and like we're gonna watch 40 all 40 or 50 of them are award winners. There's yeah, we're there's gonna a, watch all yeah. There's a lot. I actually, I yeah, and I ended up finding out a little bit more about Dino De Laurentiis just because I was so confused. I was like, who? who made this movie like how did this thing come to be i was trying to figure out i did some cursory searching to see if i could figure out like anything about the politics of the people who produced this maybe it was i couldn't i think it's just like 70s exploitation stuff going on it's based off the book yeah So. so you'd have to find out the politics of the writer um what did so, you think of it, having watched it for the first time? You know, it wasn't what I was expecting, because I thought it was going to be, like, revenge killing, too. Um, yeah, I those three guys yeah, up front it, are basically just, neo-Nazis, so I was kind of ready for it. I was like, oh, cool, okay. But then... Yeah, like, does take even that, a, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, that intro. Did you see what I mean when we were talking and I said I thought those like that weird gang was inspired by A Clockwork Orange? A little bit, yeah. They're, like, <laughs> dancing around, and he keeps they keep on calling... They keep on saying mama, but in the third person. It's very strange. Yeah, mother, yeah. Oh, mother, yeah. <laughs> mother. Yeah. Um. So... I thought it was going to be more revenge killing and I didn't expect it to be so, I mean, I guess, I guess I should have known it was going to be like weirdly political or like social because it is like a revenge film and every revenge film that involves like a shooting or something like that has that edge, at least in American, right? Like in American movies, it has that edge to it. Cause yeah, like westerns and samurai movies those deal with revenge and redemption a lot but this one definitely had like a political point that it was like kept underlining you know yeah it's so it's like it's coming out at a time where in new york man kind of across the country but in new york and bigger cities like crime rates are insane like (sighs) right new york was in the 70s an extremely dangerous place to live if you were in the wrong parts of it so right at least that part kind of checks out in terms of like the setting which is separate problem i have with the newer one but they yeah the way they go with it it's like very i don't know it's kind of conventional wisdom like we need more more white people with guns to clean up the streets right like it it really is the whole and because they have they start calling him a vigilante so his wife and his daughter are attacked by a street gang who are the most stereotypical new york street gang you could imagine yeah they kind of look like two extras from the warriors (laughs) and then a neon and then a skinhead (laughs) yeah yeah they they do um so they attack charles bronson's wife and she dies somehow 
Like, yeah, she I gets, don't... like, kicked twice kind of vigorously, and that's enough for and her. Yeah, and then she dies because she's made of paper. And then his daughter becomes catatonic because she was kind of raped, but nah, not well, fully raped. She was, I mean, Did you, they I think if, like, you, if you want to use the technical words, she was, like, for, like orally sodomized, I think, is the okay. what you would call okay, that, well, which is full-on full on rape. Right. Yeah. Right, and they okay, also spray so, painted yes. her butt but, but, red but, for some reason. But but it wasn't like it wasn't like a violent rape to death. It like, wasn't like the last house on the left, if that's what you're saying. I still did not enjoy watching right. that scene. And also, no, I, I, again, no, I, I I'm, like, I'm saying <laughs> I, I'm saying in terms of injuries, like I I can understand like the daughter going catatonic, oh, but really, yeah. if she had a good therapist, I think they could have like she could have been okay. She could have recovered from that. It, like. I like having yeah. a supporting husband, having a therapist, like talking about the incident. I feel like the way they handled it in the movie was just incompetence. Yeah, I'm not that that part really didn't make sense. The inciting incident there, like none of that made any. I don't. The wife dying didn't right. make sense. The daughter going <laughs> into a coma and then dying later did not make sense to me. If you look at like, because really what they showed, it was unpleasant to watch, but it's like. It wasn't. You didn't it really. Didn't, none it didn't of it look looks like life being, ending. Yeah, it didn't look like someone was being like beaten to death or something. Which, right? Or like, yeah, did they didn't look like their bodies had been taxed to like an extreme degree? There was no like wounds that were like really made. There wasn't anything that I could see that those women. I'm like, why did you? How'd you die? Is it from what? I think. Um. It's the director or the the writer just trying to like trying to fridge them as quickly as possible so we can get out of Charles Bronson killing minorities. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Charles Bronson's family is attacked, and then he is sick and tired of seeing this city go undefended. And do you know how many crimes are committed in New York a year? I can't wake up in this city every day. Like, it's just that, yeah. right? But he it's goes like to the city's fucking He goes to Arizona and... first and meets that fucking cowboy guy who's like oh way in the guns, it's like a... obsessed with him. It's just a stereotype. Tucson. Yeah. <laughs> Tucson still hasn't changed, by the way. I've been to Tucson. Hasn't changed. Yeah. Or were they in Tucson or a. They were in Tucson. in Tucson. Yeah, and it's like a old west town. I was in Flagstaff a couple of like two years ago. It's pretty cool up there. Um, so, yeah, um, dude with the fucking with the longhorn horns on the hood of his <laughs> station wagon, and also on the roof of his station wagon, and then like the black and white steer leather on all the seats is such a stereotype. He's basically the rich Texan um, character from The Simpsons, except for skinnier. So, Death Wish, what it did was it made Bronson an American icon. He was 53 when that movie came out, and up until then, he was better known in Europe and Asia. Was he doing a lot of Polish movies or something? Well, he did The Great Escape. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, But Death Wish made him like an American film guy, which is weird considering he's 53 and like... I mean, how famous Charles Bronson is, and to think that it came from Death Wish, right? Is he, is he doing Death Wish movies like into his late sixties, early seventies? Is that the last Death Wish movie came out in ninety four or ninety five? Oh, so full on twenty years after the first. <laughs> yeah, uh, that makes that critic joke even funnier. An aging Charles like he Bronson. was. <laughs> yeah, like he. Yeah. 
Thanks, she lady. was 53 in 1974 when the first Death Wish came out, and Death Wish 5, The Face of Death, came out in like 94 or 95. How old is Bruce Willis? He's got to be close to 60s, right? Uh, I think Bruce Willis is. He's he's like up there. Yeah, well. Um, so. Apparently this uh, movie also sparked a lot of debate around how, uh, like, crime should be handled. No, and uh, this is, time. So, I mean, this is the conversation I think you and I are going to wade into because uh, that's all this movie is like this movie hammers and the sequel does it too. Yeah. Well, in this movie, it's like, or, like it, the remake. I there's say. not even, there's not even like a debate here. It's basically like this dude starts doing vigilante killing and then the city loves him for it. There's several times where he's sitting at home watching TV and it's all these people being like, we love the vigilante. And there's like. This older black right. woman who fought off some assailants and stuff. Uh, talking about how she wouldn't have done that if she didn't know about the vigilante. Uh, also. Like, Har- taking the streets back. Harper's Magazine has no chill in this movie. Are they the, is like, that the they, magazine like, that wh- keeps on showing, like, they showed, like, the noose <laughs> around the stoplight yeah, at the end? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Harper's yeah. is that like I- a that was imagery. That was imagery where I was like, I think they're going for, like, like a hangman gang wild west thing, but this has some real lynching vibes, especially with like, the people that are being killed by this man. Harper's magazine is like an American classic magazine. It's it's highly respected, highly regarded. And in Death Wish, they keep showing Harper's ads, but it's all like pro vigilante killing like cover art. Yeah, it'll be like two real ones and then like a we love Charles Bronson for killing all of these people. And there's several yeah. of them. Like I don't know how the timeline of this movie, but there's like four or five different issues of this magazine that come out with different with different vigilante covers on them. Um, I will say the detective, smartest cop I've ever seen in a movie. Oh yeah, he was pretty good. He seemed to have things going. He was a lot <laughs> less feckless than the two in the in the newer one. <laughs> He's like, so you guys know like the vigilante like always ahead of the cop or whatever or the police are kind of sitting there confused until it all comes together by chance no at the start the detective the lead detective in charge of this case is like okay we're looking for someone who and then he starts nailing out the profile of charles bronson yeah there's there's a cool part where he's talking about like we're gonna search for like men this age start with vietnam vets and then after you're through that move to korea vets World War II, yeah. check in this area because people live, like, they shop where they live, and I'm just like, damn, this guy's, like, on it. Yeah, as opposed to, like, the remake guys who are basically just like, well, we don't know. The stereotypical, co- right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, I get, so, like, John Wick, you know, John Wick gets his dog killed, and then he becomes john wick but john wick's like it's he's a bad guy anyway so you expect and he's also like killing mob bosses and like the mafia so like that's equals itself out pretty charles bronson is an architect or a designer or an engineer whose family gets attacked and then rather than like try and find the three people who attacked his family he then just like goes looking for trouble in like rundown neighborhoods and then lo- like gets into situations where there could be violence and then takes the first opportunity to shoot someone. 
Yeah, he'll like he'll go and flash money around people and try and get them to mug him basically, or like, and then lure them into secluded areas and murder them. Was one. Uh, um, lots of lots of stuff like that. So it's pretty. It's it's tough to it's like I was saying it's that fig leaf of self defense. It's like right the, the people he are he's killing are not sympathetic because you know it's pretty clear in the movie that like most of them intend to do him harm right uh, but it's still pretty it's still pretty ambiguous i think with just the way he sets these encounters up you know yeah i don't so and then it ends with uh, him being like the, he does the John Wayne line of fill your hand to a mugger, and but he's also been shot earlier, so he bleeds and passes out. The police find the gun and they find him, but earlier the police chief has been told by the mayor and the district attorney to let the vigilante go because of how low he's actually making the crime rate. Oh yeah, that's another thing too. He's able to like have the crime rate in the city after his right. week and a half of spree killings, which half, er- the, half the crime in the city in New York. Yeah, which like is New York, like New York, New York. Which is also kind of goofy cuz like er- early on in the movie, like the dude is returning from a vacation and his dipshit work buddy is like you know what the murder rate here was? It was like 24 last week and 20 the week before that. So Charles Bronson kills somewhere in the neighborhood of five or six people before uh, before the, you see the, the mayor and the DA and the police chief talking about how the crime rate has dropped so much. But that's not really like I don't I don't know why a slight uptick in murders in a place where everyone's like already used to just murders happening all the time. Like really? That's gonna stop. I don't right. Know. And also, it's like um, he's probably only operating in a single borough. I can't imagine it would drop crime rates across the entire city. You know? Right. Like someone from Queens isn't gonna go all the way to like Red Hook or you know what I mean? Like downtown yeah. Manhattan. They're not gonna make their way up to the Bronx. Yeah, um, unless they get implicated in a rival gang's bosses killing in Coney Island, and if they get back home. <laughs> I wish they'd really, I, I wish they'd remake the Warriors so we could talk about the Warriors. Yeah, I really like the Warriors. Um, so Charles Bronson at the end, like the police find him and they're like, uh, "You're closing up shop. Like we want you gone out of the city." Yeah, a young and, uh, a young detective finds that gun, right? And then the police chief is like, "You tell anyone about this?" He's like, "No." He's like, "All right, just forget about it. Give it to me. Uh, right? Forget you saw this." Uh, and I will, he basically says like, I'll put your name up for a promotion. He doesn't use those words, right. but it's implied. It, it's a, yeah. And then, uh, Charles Bronson is like, fine, I can relocate. Cause yeah, I'm going to relocate. And then it ends with him in Chicago, like his job Shy of relocating him. He's in Chicago and he's like. I'm helping a woman. And then he sees like guys messing with her and he like smiles as he makes like a finger gun at them. And yeah. then it ends. Um, yeah, that's great. So he's already ready to reoffend, start doing more vigilante <laughs> justice. And then, uh, the, you know, then death wish two, three, four, and five. And then yeah. 2018 brought us death wish. 
Starring Eli Bruce Ross. Willis. I'm sorry. Directing. Yeah, oh, that was. I was. Dude, I saw the end of that and I'm like, what? Yeah, I was Why? even more disappointed. And then I read some interviews with Eli Roth talking about this movie. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, God, you seem kind of uh-huh. like a dummy. Okay. I, I read that too. Yeah. <laughs> I know the interviews you're talking about where he's like, I think it's up for the audience to decide. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I presented a balanced picture. We just, you know, it's just the issue. Yeah. Like, okay. Ooh. I don't think you did. But, um, so Bruce Willis in this plays Paul Kersey, but now Paul Kersey is a doctor. He's a surgeon in like a trauma war. I don't know. He treats a lot of gunshot victims in Chicago. In Chicago. So it's picking up where the original Death Wish essentially left off. Yeah. Um, Different big city. Can you... So you've seen four and five. Uh, Yeah. Are are the Death Wish sequels basically just him like starting up in a new urban area and then murdering people and then leaving at the end? Is that... Uh, Pretty much. That's sort of what I figured. Okay. Pretty much. Like, well, so like... In one of the Death Wish, I can't remember what it is, but like he's recovered his life, and he's in L.A. and he's with his wife, and like, they're doing their whole thing, and then she gets. So is it like like the Godfather? Or... Like I try to get out, and they yeah. pull me back in. Right? Yeah. yeah like okay. criminal, like criminal scum keep pulling him back, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He gets pulled out of so, retirement, like John Wick. Right. And he gets better guns every time. Like Death oh, Wish yeah. Five, he's using a huge shotgun. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so Paul Kersey is a doctor, which at least I thought was cool this time because I'm like, hey, a doctor, do no harm. Okay, like yeah. I-, I can. Okay. Apparently, that oath is not super binding. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I think I'll, I think of like other doctors or like like Hawkeye, right in Mash. And like that character, like he, like they they did plot points in that show where they tried to get Hawkeye to carry a gun or like hold a gun or use a gun, and he stuck to his oath. Yeah, and it's his in Mass. He's like seeing his buddies die and like the ravages of war, and it kind of it's like more of the motivation for why he doesn't want to participate in that shit. Right. As opposed to Bruce so, Willis, who presumably watches people die from gunshot wounds all the time, but he's like, you know what, and just. If only I had the guns. Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So, it takes you know, one thing... late night gun store commercial yeah. to tip him over the edge. We oh, we'll get to that fucking commercial too. Yeah. Um so Bruce Willis's wife and daughter, by the way, that Bre- I love the actress who's the daughter. There is something about her acting capability that sells it for me. Because that entire like breakfast scene when she gets accepted, I, there was like something genuine in that scene, and it was her. It was oh, her yeah. reaction. It was her interacting with Bruce Willis. It was her just. She is a cool actress. I don't know her name, and I'm sad I didn't look it up beforehand. But she, there was something about her acting ability in that role that just really sold it. Yeah, I like the all the actors in this movie were pretty good. I thought, um, yeah, she was really good. Yeah. I like the, the wife. I thought the wife was pretty good too. Maybe it's because I like her from other stuff. There's a the wife's pretty cool. Bruce Willis is less okay. Bruce Willis in this. Yeah, he, he's okay. He's sort of. Um, you know, I was thinking when I was watching this. I think like, I think maybe him and Keanu Reeves draw emotion from the same pool, and the better Keanu Reeves gets at displaying emotion, the worse Bruce Willis does. Worse, because he's he's so flat. He basically ranges from like, from like slightly pleased. He will like he will momentarily grin, 
and then he'll be slightly miffed, and then still he doesn't really frown. He's just sort of like a flat, <laughs> a flat affect throughout the entire movie, and it's not really like in a cold-blooded killer way. It's just that like I don't think he's. I think he's just kind of overacting at this point. Like, not overacting, but, like, he's over it. I think he's just, like, not right. really that concerned <laughs> at this point in his life. He, he's Bruce Willis. He's made his money. He's going to make royalties off of shit. Like, he doesn't need to act anymore, even if he is acting. Yeah, I think I think that might be it, you know? Or maybe Nicolas Cage is taking all of the acting ability for himself. And that's why he overacts, because he has an influx of it. Yeah, there's something going on there. You know. <laughs> I'll look into it, viewers. Um or listeners. So you know, Bruce Willis same thing. His family get attacked. Oh, but one night he's had enough. Yeah, but they they make the actually the attack happens in kind of a similar way. So like in the original one, right, it's that the wife and daughter go and they get groceries delivered and then these like these random thugs pull the slip with the address on it and then follow them home and uh, Right assault them and in this one it's like they're at dinner and the valet guy uh miguel javier was that his name who happens to be mexican yeah well some kind of hispanic i don't know if they talked about his oh right who happens to be of latin origin against a white family i think fine i think they tacked really hard in the opposite direction for this one actually because he's like one of the only uh non-white people that they they end up yeah they make him they make him a yeah, fuck. I get it. Um, uh, but he he finds their their home address in the like in the nav thing on their car under like the save location. Yeah, he snaps a picture of it. Um, um, and like honestly, I don't know that they didn't have to die. Like if the if the daughter didn't stab that guy, I feel like they would have just robbed it and left. Yeah, that was weird. So this was like. Like, I get she was trying to defend herself from, like, a maybe rape, but even, like, the other robber was trying, like, he stopped the dude from, like, touching her. Yeah, so, and they're they're doing a whole thing before, before like, the, the home invasion starts. They've also been sort of setting the stage with, like, talking about the crime rates in Chicago through these various, like, radio voiceovers. Oh, my God. Right? So they, have, like, yeah. they have sway from, like, of MTV <laughs> and Boondocks fame. And uh, this is my inexplicable head wrap. Yeah, Sway and his inexplicable head wrap. Are, he's sort of giving what I would call he's the, on sh- nu- the he's neutral on shade stance. Four, uh, yeah. Shade 4-5. Yeah, Sway yeah. in the morning. Shade 45. Sirius XM. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, look at you. He's giving sort of what I would call like a neutral standpoint. I think the movie thinks that he's representing like the left side of like a gun argument, but he's really just sort of... Yeah, he, he doesn't he really not. ever say anything one way or the other. Right. So they have him presenting one side of it and he's not like he's talking about crime rates going crazy in chicago or like murder rates and they also have this guy man cow muller yeah buddy who is like a chicago native and got you know he's been doing radio in chicago for like 20 years i guess he's on sirius xm2 now i wonder if sirius xm sponsored this movie um but he is giving I sort of man like cow the, retired uh oh maybe he did i don't know i, I thought man cow retired like a year or two ago, no? Well, this was made in 2018, so a year ago is still be after this movie, right? Yeah. But well, yeah, you guys, I mean, people have probably heard of Man Cow. Uh, he was born in Missouri. Um, he worked in New York for a little bit. He's uh, like a 
did some yeah right wing shock jock radio host like he's like a less a, he's like a less well versed Dennis Miller yeah or like an Opie and Anthony type right kind of like an asshole right. shock jock like he during the Obama presidency he said that like our Kenyan Muslim president was fucking up the country shit like that uh, right um and I when looking up more of this stuff like I was reading about there's some article in the Chicago Tribune about how this guy, Mad Cow, had moved from his house that was like in Chicago, but not quite like way out to the more expensive oh, suburbs. Right. Did you find that same interview yeah. too? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. this whole city smells like party girl vomit and homeless guy piss. There's a, you know, so it's like he's already not a huge fan of uh, the urban right. life, like most. Well, I'd say that's a pretty standard, like, uh, like right wing talking point is that like, you go to the city if you want to get stabbed to death, basically. Right. And it's like, they're all cities are full of homeless people and crime. This is sort of the vibe that I get from him. But anyway, so this person who you really don't get any background from is like one of the sort of the, like the choir voices that inner shoot that are like shot throughout this movie. Like, <coughs> so he is also so, talking um, about how bad the murder rate is before the, the home invasion thing happens. This death wish alex how much do you think this cost to make was this one like 30 34 or something this was 30 million okay you know how much the box office take on it was it was like twice that i think it was like 60 something 49.6 yeah so So it didn't do didn't do great yeah you know what's fun so this is another movie where basically it's a very similar plot to the original one right it's like a Bruce Willis right. family gets injured. His wife is killed. His daughter is in the hospital. She does not end up dying in this one. And then Bruce Willis goes on the same sort of like unprovoked like murder spree. He he does a few random killings, and then he goes to more of a revenge thing, which right mitigates some of the ickiness, but not. There's like other ickiness that comes up, but you know what's what's great this movie came out two weeks after the shootings in parkland florida oh yeah it did yeah which is so like this yeah, this long was well, like an hour and a hour and 45 minutes of like pro-gun propaganda right. do you want to know who was considered for uh the role before uh it landed with mr willis i don't know alex jones i don't <laughs> <laughs> you'd think um Richard Gere. Richard Gere? That would have been weird. Okay. Mel Gibson. Yeah, they would have had to find a way for him to kill a lot of like bankers or something. Harrison Ford. Okay. Russell Crowe. Okay. Matt Damon, Will Smith, Brad Pitt, Liam Neeson, Michael Keaton, Kurt Russell, Christopher Lambert. Dennis Quaid, Tommy Lee Jones, Jeff Bridges, <laughs> Ron Perlman, Stephen Lang, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think I would have liked the Dennis Quaid one. That could have been fun. I would have liked Christopher Lambert. I like Christopher Lambert. I haven't seen him in a while. Who? God. Who is? What's he in? Uh, he's Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Oh, right, right. Yeah. That in like the fun. 90s Mortal Kombat. He's also yeah. the Highlander in the Highlander. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got the face now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been fun. Yeah. Yeah, so big big names, all like aging actor guys. Um, uh, you know, it's just 
this movie is very uh this one is even more explicitly like pro gun like nr like straight up nra talking points in the first right. third of the movie right so like after the break-in happens yeah the same thing where bruce willis goes to a funeral out of state for his wife um and in this one he's riding back home with his wife's dad and then his dad is talking oh, about god like, his dad Jesus is basically talking Christ. about like how like real men have guns and the cops only show up like at best they're going to show up three minutes after something happens so you got to be ready to a real man's ready to defend his family and they're driving in his pickup and then he like pulls up to the side of the road hella fast and like what's going on and then he takes like a hard right into this field and he goes poachers and he swings his door open and grabs a gun grabs like a lever action rifle out of his gun rack in the truck because of course and just starts taking pot shots at these guys in a they're not like in the forest they're just like on a farm field he's shooting it's like there's the dudes in front of him and then there's farm buildings behind him like there could be people back there and he's just you know takes he just unloads a couple of shots at at him as they drive away and And then but he said poachers that was like a mutilated deer like it had an open gut wound yeah i'm not sure what they were doing to like, it they poachers were tra- don't mutilate the meat like that that's not like yeah like poaching in america is just hunting somewhere without a permit or like a place in, right or somewhere that you are not allowed to hunt basically so like it could be right places you could normally hunt if you had a permit and you don't have a permit or it could be like Going onto private land and hunting without permission, which but I how think did is, he know those were poachers? Yeah, That's... maybe he owned the farmers. I don't fucking know. They don't really explain it. And you're right. It's like they, why, they wouldn't mutilate the deer carcass. They would have shot it and taken it. It's like they're not right. No one's like big game hunting white <laughs> white tailed deer, right? They're like <laughs> it's not exactly a trophy <laughs> animal. Like they might mount the head or something, but oh, they just. Usually, if you're killing deer, is to turn it into venison or something, you know. It's it also wasn't like a buck. Like, yeah, no, it was like, like a, it was a pretty small was... doe. I think it had a spot, so it was probably legal. But uh, it was still pretty. <laughs> you got, tiny. Like, they killed Bambi. Like... Yeah, almost. Yeah. So well, no, because then he kills it. Like like he kills it. Yeah, he like mercy kills it because it's still alive. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, um, so, and he fucking. Bruce Willis goes through the revenge thing. He ends up running into some guy. He ends up running into the valet because the valet is wearing his watch and he like runs into him because like the kid comes wheels into his operating room. Oh, that's like way later. And the kid drops a gun and he fucking pot. Yeah. Those are, those are, that's way later. He, someone drops a gun and he grabs it, but this is okay. So he's like going through a depressive episode and watching TV and then he sees this fucking this gun store commercial for like I think it's called Jolly Rogers or something Jolly Rogers and then you get more NRA talking points there they literally use the the phrase right like when seconds matter the police are just minutes away which is right like verbatim I guess it would make sense for a gun store to use that advertisement but it's kind of weird hearing it parroted unchallenged in this movie and then he goes to the oh, gun yeah. store the gun store scene was pretty fucking bizarre to me because he's Just in there Bethany. yeah when he's talking to this gal and she's like here's all of our guns and then you know this type there's like our would you oh, say like bladed yeah. weapons long rifles pistols and then these are all of our used weapons and he's like used she's like used but not not used but you know used and he's like must be pretty hard to get I'm all of this right <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. And she's like, no, you know, we do all the paperwork for you. You got this, fill this out for you. Um, you got to take a gun safety class. And then she gets all close. And it's like, but no one ever fails those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like what watching the scene. I'm like, here? is this, I'm like, this is either one of two things. This is either done earnestly or this is done as satirical. Like this is either a satire of like gun stores or this is a mirror of a gun store looking at itself. Yeah. You know, it like, made me, I, I it, don't know what this is. It made me think of that scene in the first Jumanji movie where Van Pelt goes to buy a gun. Right. But that, like that one is clearly played for comedy because they flip the clothes sign over on the door and then like the gun. Right. He also gun, pays the gun, with, like gold coins. Yeah. And the, and the <laughs> proprietors of that gun store are instantly ready to sell him an illegal weapon. Uh, right. <laughs> whereas like in this one, they're kind of like, they're, they're just, it just seems like they're making light of the fact of how easy it is to get a gun, even in a place like Chicago, Illinois, that has like pretty restrictive gun laws. Most of the, like most of the gun crime that happens in Chicago is guns that are brought in from out of state. So it's, it was just strange. And he decides not to buy a gun, and then he goes back, and then there's like a fun little happenstance where some, some hood Someone is brought in. Table. Yeah. Yeah, and he basically, I guess, apparently. No one checked his pockets because he's on the table and a fucking pistol just falls out. Like I think it's a it's Glock nine millimeter, right? Yeah. Or Glock something. I don't know. I don't know what caliber it was, but yeah. So then he gets this Glock and uh, decides to do something with it. Yeah, I don't. And so you know he becomes this vigilante they call him the grim reaper oh yeah the 1974 film they call him the they just vigilante in this he's grim reaper he's doing vigilante killings and then they have like the roundtable discussions of is he making this better is he bad is this your neighbor like what if this was your neighborhood blah 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 blah. he kills like a drug dealer he fucking stops like a carjacking blah 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 yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like these crimes that do not carry the death penalty as punishments for them, you know? Like the carjacking one especially was basically like they were fleeing. He shoots at them as they're fleeing and hits some guy in the neck. He crashes into a fire hydrant and a power pole. And then he gets into like a gunfight in the street with the passenger in the vehicle. Right. It was I don't know. So they they don't It's not like the first one where every one that Bruce Willis kills in this is just like a random person. I think he does like two or three of those. And then he moves on to tracking down the people that, that killed his family. Right. But it's still very similar vibes. Like, and yeah. And then they have the radio host going back and forth talking about like, you know, I don't want to endorse vigilante killings, but he is making the neighborhood safer. Like no one even rebukes it. It's just, they do the same thing where it's just like, yeah, this is probably a good thing. And so he ends up finding the people who, you know, burglarized his home, killed his wife, put his daughter in a coma. His daughter recovers. He ends up finally killing the big bad guy. The police come up to his house and they're like, you're done. And he's like, I'm done. And they're like, good. And then it's him dropping his daughter off. He sees a guy like steal a bag. And then he calls the guy out and he smiles and does a finger gun thing at him. It's just the same thing that Charles Bronson does at the end of the first one. Oh, um, yeah. Also, the last scene, though, is like this final confrontation with like the big bad guy. 
But the big bad right. guy like sends a hit squad after him, right? So this is a right. Bruce Willis in this like two weeks ago had never fired a gun before. They make a point of showing that like the first time he fires the gun he found, he does this. There's this thing where if you hold like I don't know if it's all guns with a slide or just certain pistols, but like if you hold your hand too far up the uh, the grip, the slide will come back and basically like cut the meat of your hand open in between your thumb and index finger, and he does that to himself the first time. And they do that to try and point out that he's pretty inexperienced with firearms. And they go from that to at the end of the movie, he kills like a four man hit squad that broke into his house effortlessly. He's just like, it's like he got special forces training watching infomercials or something. And they he even dual wields an automatic and a pistol. Yeah. And he's like hiding like... under corpses and shit. He's doing like guerrilla tactics. They do. Sh- <laughs> And, like, this is a person who they've shown, they show several times he's, like, watching YouTube videos to learn basic stuff, like cleaning his this gun. This is a doctor. Or, yeah. Or, like, he's... This is a doctor. This is... You know, do no harm, a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some Yeah, and somehow he has, like... Because he fully does basically seem like a special forces commander by the end of it, right? Like, him and his daughter get home, and then he just, like, catches something out of his corner of his eye, like across the at night like across the street yeah. and he's like he's talking very calmly to his daughter right and he's like you know someone's here hide in this closet call the cops be quiet and then he like stages this fucking this like ambush for all of these hit squad guys it's insane i mean they mentioned it earlier like his brother in the movie is like your dad used to be a scrapper yeah he said he used to get in fist fights it's not really the same right. thing <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, ugh. I can't, I guess, you know, and it's Bruce Willis in an action movie. I don't think. He's also, <laughs> again, like a, a, a doctor, but that doctor also like tortures a guy and then kills oh. him like a human's, like he becomes uh, a saw trap. I had almost forgotten about that. he literally has a car that. crush a guy to death. I had almost forgotten about that. That scene was legitimately hard to watch for me. I did not. I was like, oh, this is the Eli Roth part. Okay. <laughs> so he's supposed to be a doctor, and along the way of him like tracking down. Yeah. So the guy who was the valet is dead on his operating table, and he takes the guy's phone, and then he uses his finger, like he uses the guy's fingerprint to unlock the phone so we can get like an idea of where to go or whatever. There's a little, so he ends up a little nitpicky but he unlocks the phone one time and he doesn't they don't show him going in and changing the lock screen settings or anything so it's kind of like you know that phone's gonna be locked in five seconds you got to cut that finger off or something bro something um so he just you know runs along or whatever and there's a scene where he is uh he has tracked down one of the guys who burglarized his house and he cuts his thigh and starts pouring yeah, and he's talking about what he's doing to you, right? It's like he's right. like he's exposing the specific nerve that runs along your right. thigh. Right, he's uh, become a serial killer. Yeah, he's like, like full-on sadist torturing people. He starts pouring brake fluid into this dude's open wound that he just caused while he's like tied down to an elevated... Like he's tied down underneath an elevated car held up by a jack that he is very much in control of. Yeah, and they he's don't... interrogating him. 
And then afterwards, he's like, are you going to kill me? And Bruce Willis says, I'm not going to kill you. Jack is. And then yeah. he, like, rips the Jack out from underneath the car. But he does it by, like, a chain. And then, like, the car just comes down and crushes the dude's, like, head. It turns into, like, a watermelon. Yeah. I actually. It's just, like. <laughs> I was. I had a real unpleasant time with that. I had to hit the skip button twice to just, like, try and find the dialogue spots. Because I didn't want to listen to this dude scream for ten seconds at a time. Which is it was it would have been like a uh it would have been like one of the second or third torture scenes you see in like a hostile movie or something with you know more eli roth stuff right so and, and uh, i was just like doctor never held a gun but really into torture apparently yeah, he's such a commando right like there's another scene where he gets into a shootout with he goes to like that weird bar slash pawn shop slash like storage yeah. area for stolen goods and he's getting into this gunfight but he's doing this thing where he's able to like he's fighting this guy that's like in a different room and he's looking at security cameras showing him on the ground and then like triangulating where he should be shooting and getting him like through right through cover and stuff he's way too effective at it. it's there getting into fist fights when you were 10 does not explain any of this no it doesn't and so then you know it, like the police are like kind of gaining on him they kind of realize it's him or whatever but they can't bend him so then like the the main guy who like broke into the house or whatever breaks back into the house and this is after he's killed the four-man hit squad or whatever so yeah. then bruce willis kills him with like the track like the surprise them desk where you can hide oh, a yeah. rifle in it. That was some fun plan payoff. They showed it early on in that first gun right. commercial, the desk with the little dropout compartment with a fucking AR 15 or whatever assault rifle was in there. Yeah. That's what, uh, Alicia and I have a headboard that does that. That's oh, cool. Uh, shotgun. You guys have matching thunderwear. <laughs> uh, we do. Uh, okay. So before, before this last hit squad thing, he goes and gets some legal guns. Uh, I guess just to, yeah. just to, he, this is another thing. This guy is like a fucking criminal mastermind, right? Like he goes and buys all these legal guns so that he will have <laughs> yeah. like a monicum of an alibi uh, right. for the cops. He's basically like perfectly executed. It's bizarre. Because again, again, doctor. Like, again, yeah. a guy who like, before he has any weapons, tries to stop like these two guys harassing a woman and he flinches when they go to punch him. Yeah, and they show him like, oh, it is. this is another... They do kind of the same, like, his character early on in the movie is similar to Charles Bronson, and, like, they do a little bit of work, but not a ton, to be like, see, he's kind of a pussy, too. He's at, a, he's at his daughter's soccer match, and some one of the other soccer dads is, like, being a jag, and then is, like, talking shit to Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis displays no emotion other than, like, slight bemusement. And uh, <laughs> does not get into the fight with the guy. His wife basically is like, no, let's not do that. And I'm like, fine, that's fine. That resolved appropriately. You were the bigger guy. And then they're eating pizza afterwards with his brother. And he's like, you fucking pussy. As <laughs> I don't... So that, that's how they show Bruce Willis. He's like, well, he's not, you know, he's not a killer. He was just forced into it by circumstance and by the rough Chicago city. Which, which like... There's another yeah. thing about so the, this movie just kind of is like spouting these crime stats. We're not even they just keep on saying like all time high, like murder rates out of control. Right. That was not the case when this movie came out. Like like the the murder rate was like going up sort of everywhere in America, but it's it's going up from a 40-year low. So like right. we're still nowhere near 
like the violence that used to be like even in the 90s or whatever right like if they had just like if you adjust the scope from like 20 years to 22 years then we're still like all-time lows so so well and again like this is why I, i was thinking this while i was watching death wish and death wish 2018 it is this good guy with a gun fantasy that people oh, yeah. um like like the gun like i don't want to say the term gun nut or I, i'll say like the firearm enthusiasts people who are like guns are yeah. a good thing we need to have them it it, it it is that ultimate fantasy but that fantasy only exists in movies it's death wish it's boondock saints the times that a good guy with a gun has like it's it, they're like one act people like there was that guy who stopped that he like shot that guy in that church or whatever because the guy pulled out a gun and people were calling him a hero for like two weeks there was that guy and there were a few other people but they don't continue they don't become vigilantes then yeah and that like and that like, is still like not that i mean for for every dude who's like managed to stop a mass shooter after they have killed some people already there's also people who pull their guns and shoot at either the wrong person or they totally whiff and hit a bystander or something i think that happened in a wall right. a couple of years ago or they have their guns out and then the cops come and shoot them because they're responding to an active shooter and they see someone with a gun out it's like not a yeah not a i don't know it's it's no, yeah it's like, very hard to watch this and not think of like yeah oh you know what thing about like there was a thing early on in there where so there's a scene really early on in this where it's before bruce willis has started doing vigilante shit but he's talking to the guy from breaking bad the cop and he's uh and he's so he's in his car on the street and this homeless guy starts washing his fucking windshield and bruce willis is like get the fuck out of here like no no and he's like talking to the cop he's like yeah this guy's trying to wash my windshield and the cop is like oh you should just hit him with your car it's not illegal and Bruce Willis was like, I can do that. I was like, so like hearing that, like literally gave me chills because that's a very, that's like a terrorist MO for violence in this country is to like drive into, drive your cars into right. protesters or people you don't like, you know, it, it was frankly baffling to me that like none of this, this stuff was all going on in 2018. None of this was new. It seems like extremely tone deaf or deliberate to make this movie and say these things. <sighs> I think that this whole, you know, good guy with a gun thing, it only exists in fantasy. It it doesn't apply to the real world. The few times that a good guy with a gun has stopped someone, those guys notice how there's never been one guy who stopped the same crime twice. There's never been a guy who's like, I've stopped seven mass shootings before they start. It's always one. They they don't go out looking for crime or they're not in the same place. Again, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's, I don't, usually the way that mass shootings are happening, they're in crowded areas. It's the kind of place where if you're like a responsible firearm owner, you shouldn't be shooting at these people anyway, right? Because it's like, right. I can't. Um, I would. I would assume schools. I would, yeah, pools, I would assume, malls, churches. I would assume that the the times where this dude is standing and this, you know. And you can see everything behind him and know that there's no one there. Like, I would assume those instances are pretty rare. I would guess that you're probably shooting at this guy while he's also in a crowd. So, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't. The the realities of life don't hold. And that's also not what Bruce Willis is doing, right? He's like, 
the first two or three killings, he's just going into places, instigating shit, and then killing people when they when they. Well, no, the, the first time he's just walk he, again, like much like Charles Bronson, he walks to the bat. He walks into the bad part of town, yeah, yeah. looking for something. Yeah, he it goes isn't in there like, to start shit. Yeah, like that's not. You can't even say that's vigilanteism then. If yeah. you're like going out to start shit, like yeah, yeah that's it's... almost a premeditation of murder, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's some some very recent legal precedent to say maybe not, but that was in a different state. But uh, well, yeah, at least I, the... still, like, if, yeah, if the police, I mean, I mean, the police are there's a reason why vigilantism is illegal. With the carjacking scene specifically, right? Like, he basically gets the violence to stop, and they start driving away. And then he shoots at them. I don't remember exactly, but I don't think they shoot at him first. I think they just start driving. Well, no, they shoot at him, and then he shoots back. But then he clearly executes a dude. Yeah. Oh, he goes in and shoots that that dude. Yeah, that guy's bleeding out the car, and then he... No, oh, the yeah, dude on the that. ground, because he stands yeah. over him, and a, a doctor, a doctor again, stands yeah. <laughs> over this guy, looks at his body for a few minutes, and then pulls the trigger again, and then walks over to the... That's not... That, that's premeditation! Yeah, and they really maintain... That's a thing that carries in from the from the original one, too, is, like, they show Charles Bronson. He really, like, makes sure these people are dead, right? Like, he will... Yeah. He usually, like, wounds two or three when they're on the ground, and then he goes around and, like, executes each of them one by one. Right. Like, emotionlessly. That's, yeah, what Bruce Willis ends up doing, too. I don't... So, like, this really is a, like, NRA fantasy dream. With no pushback at all. This is really what... This is when people talk about, like, whenever there's a mass shooting in America or whatever... And they go, we need a good guy with a gun. They're really talking just about Death Wish and the Boondock Saints. They really think it's like that. They really think that the world is so... And, like, crime is a problem. But it's not a problem. Like, if you lived in the world of Death Wish, because they make it seem like everyone who isn't completely straight-laced is a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And there's also, like, Basically, everyone that Bruce Willis is operating on, right, is like a. Seems like they're almost all, except for maybe the first one or two, they're all in there because of some sort of like street violence, right? It's like lots of gunshot wounds, right? Heavily tatted up dudes. It's there's definitely like there's definitely a narrative here. It's not subtle, and it receives zero pushback, despite like so. both talked about reading interviews with Eli Roth, the director, where he's like, you know, I just sort of like, we're just presenting things as they are, and we let the audience decide. It's like, no, you don't. Bruce Willis is clearly the good guy, and he's vindicated by the end of this. The cops endorse what he did and let him off. Right. Like, and the city loves him for it, or, well, they don't love him, right? But they're into it, too. There's like, right. you get Sway going like, well, I don't know. I'm not convinced. And that's the most, that's the most sort of like, the harshest rebuke ever given at any point in the movie. And in the original death wish they're like the city, you're like fighting back because of him. And then like it, you know, that old woman like attacks that guy with a hairpin and she fights off muggers with him. Oh yeah. That's right. (laughs) And like in in the new death wish, and then, like in the new Death Wish, that guy gets killed because he's trying to be his own vigilante. So he dresses yeah. up in a hoodie. Oh yeah, I forgot. And then they... he gets shot because he's. It's like I get what so, you're trying to do. There's a single like you're... ten second scene where they say like maybe don't do this because you might die, but you could be Bruce Willis. So who knows? 
Ooh. Right. And it's, it's like, this isn't. <sighs> I. Yeah. Generally not a fan of anything that encourages people to go out and police areas with guns or, like this. I it's mean, I wouldn't say the movies are encouraging, but they're definitely an ally to that argument, right? Yeah, it's hard to like watch this and then not think of like Ahmed Arbery, right? Who's like chased down by those three oh, dudes God. doing a citizen doing a quote unquote citizen's arrest and then murdered. Yeah. So it's yeah. hard or, not you know, to... Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. That one seems even closer to this where I mean he didn't even have his family attack. He was just upset they were being mean to the Walmart. So I don't Well no well, I mean he it was in self defense. Yeah. I like I mean that the jury, right? You have to go with what the jury said. Yeah. Like the, they because, did attack like they because, did attack him first. Right. Because but, I, so I think, yeah, because of the ways that the laws are written in Wisconsin, yes. I don't think that was, like, wrongly decided. I disagree with the way the laws are set up there. That, like, a, you, can, you know, three well, people so murdered and no crimes occur. But Well, that's what, that's what this yeah. is. So I, I think that in the big gun debate, we need to talk about mental health checks. We need to talk about a smarter way to regulate like gun shop buying and like gun shows and things like that. But I also think that we need to regulate in terms of uh, our fascination with hero worship. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, like the, yeah, the sort of lone, lone wolf, like vigilante gunman is like the, yeah, like wild west, like cowboy fantasies. And now it's more right. of the, uh, the weird sort of like South American operator fantasies, but sim yeah, similar yeah, vein. Yeah, yeah. Steve Pajinik is everyone's true hero. Yeah, they think like everyone um, thinks they're in a Tom Clancy novel or something. Which yeah, you know, and it, Bruce it's Willis like, basically was. So it was weird. He so I think that, and again, this like the Boondock Saints. It's the same question. Like they're killing for good, but. I know that, you know, because all this stuff happens in fantasy. Let's keep it in fantasy. Batman, when he's talking to Punisher, you know, he goes, if you're going to kill someone, all you've done is kept the same number of killers the same, right? Yeah. Like, if you, I mean, like if you kill a killer, the number of killers on the street's the same. Yeah, but all, all the Punisher has to do is kill a second guy to be like, okay, now what, Batman? <laughs> and, right, right. Yeah. Everybody thinks, like, everybody thinks they're the Punisher. Yeah. Everybody think everyone wants to be, well, that, actually, I'm not going mean, to say everyone. I'm going to say everyone who's a firearm enthusiast believes that they are going to have that Punisher-like mentality yeah. where yeah. they can that Punisher skull is super ubiquitous too. Like you see it in a lot of, I mean, a lot of like gun enthusiasts also rock that Punisher skull, which is frankly pretty frightening to me. Uh, it's especially frightening when you see it, like when you see <laughs> like that and the thin blue line stuff next to each other, because like the Punisher was not oh, a yeah. mentally stable guy, you know? No, no, he, he wasn't. Uh, and he's kind of like, I mean, indiscriminately killing. He's sort of like a superhero version of the of Jack or this guy, Death Wish Paul? guy, Paul, Paul, Paul Kersey. Kersey with I, I, e. I don't want to like, I don't want to like, you know, maybe if you're walking around with like the Punisher skull and a gun, 
it's the equivalent to like walking around with an axe and having a hatchet man tattoo on your face. <laughs> like, yeah, people might think like, hmm, what's he gonna do with that? Okay, right? You know, like, <laughs> I don't. Maybe, maybe they're like, we need to have reevaluate the way we talk about these things and the way we interact with these things. Yeah. And I know that living in America, we love our fucking guns and our firearms, but we need to admit realistically the good guy with a gun thing happens so rare compared to what the reality is. You're not going to be like death wish. You're not going to be like the boondock saints. You're not going to be this fucking martyr vigilante guy, street justice with all these gut. The police are going to find you. They're going to arrest you. It's going to create a whole thing. You're not going to, that's not going to be you. And even with something like the boondock saints, right? Like it's clear that that's sort of like fantastical, you know, there's like, but right. Like with with this move with Death Wish here, twenty eighteen, it's like I think they're trying to ground it in real life. It's why they keep on talking about crime stats and they have actual like radio personalities from the area and they're they're trying to like ground it in reality. Right. Which is not, but there is no Yeah, and it's not the, the reality yeah. they're grounding comes from the desk of Charleston Heston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like a memo it, from like, Wayne LaPierre. It, yeah. It's it's the reality from Ted Nugent's perspective. You know, like, yeah, well, that's what I'm, yeah, and you know, like, so I'm watching this, it was like a week, two weeks after another school shooting. It's really like the one in Michigan, yeah, Oxford. Hi, um, it's really yeah. hard to like watch something like this that is like glorifying like vigilante justice with guns. This is really, there's really no rebuke of it at any point. Uh, it's, Here, it's, here's it's hard something. to square that with like <laughs> the gun violence epidemic in America. Here's something interesting. About a month ago or so, maybe a little under, I was I'm I'm a writer, as you know, and I was writing a piece and uh I couldn't remember the name of the Aurora shooter. Oh, yeah, from the Batman so, movie theater. So I Googled Aurora shooting and tell me why it brought me to an article from two days before because there was another Aurora oh, shooting. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. When and I'm like, to like start yeah, adding I'm, A, B, I'm like, C after them. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you Google Aurora shooting, there should only be one because of how infamous it was. I shouldn't have to deal with another mass shooting. It's like if you Google Columbine, you don't expect to see three days ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I might have to calibrate those expectations. Like, yeah. so, I, I guess. The, like the spree shooting in this country, the fascination with guns in this country, and the worship of everyone being Clint Eastwood in the Wild West, or everyone being Paul Kersey in the city, that's not a reality. Yeah. I mean, and like, another thing is that, like, that isn't a reality. And cities are safer than they ever have been. Like, you know. <laughs> and, like, the thing that they miss, too, is that when people go, oh, well, you know, like, I'm going to be the look at what Bruce Willis is doing when he isn't killing people. He's living in that, like the basement of his house. There's oh, food everywhere. That was a nice, he's reveal. like clearly yeah. losing it. That was a nice reveal. When he's uh, Vincent, clearly like when Vincent D'Onofrio, <laughs> his brother walks down there and like, that's the first time we see it from that perspective too. And we're like, Oh, this man is not well. <laughs> like, Right. He he's like living in squalor. He's living in shit. He's clearly like He has a really nice house, but he's dwelling entirely in the basement on a couch surrounded like by at, bullets and chip bags. 
as Jordan Peterson would say, clean your room. Yeah. And eat nothing but like, meat get and then organized. go into a coma. It, like, get in your fucking head. And he's clearly not. So even then, it was showing some sort of deterioration because he's grieving. And the only way he's grieving is by killing people. I mean, yeah, and they show that, but they also show after he's killed, like, a second or third person, he's at a psychiatrist just having a great old time. And the psychiatrist is like, whatever you're doing, right. keep doing it. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, she's great. like, you look better. And it's like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, look how much look how much killing these random people has improved Bruce Willis's life. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, so and 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 again, like let's even say, like Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, Paul Kersey, I don't care who. Anytime someone has been that good guy with a gun, is the crime like death worthy like i know rape is a horrible crime right but, it's probably one of the worst crimes you can do but the punishment for cr- like rape isn't murder yeah i mean like, in both, it's not in, capital punishment in both circumstances they're creating situations where they reasonably expect their life to be put in danger so that they can <laughs> kill someone you know like that's i think those are both both of them could have stayed home you know, uh, right, and probably should have, especially with with the Paul Kersey guy. He's like his whole mo in both of these is basically well, with that ice cream man, he basically just walks up and shoots him in cold blood. He doesn't even try to get him. To, he doesn't even try to provoke him. He just shoots him. Cold blood, broad daylight, and yeah, you know, you it's can like have the conversation none of none of his buddies tried to like, shoot. Back. I don't know. It was weird. Um, you, you can ask the question, like, should this be a punishable thing? People are like, yeah, he's cleaning up crime, but you're not, like, they don't realize the bigger picture is that if we lived in a world where everyone carried guns, like, look at the Wild West. Everyone thinks that, like, there were no shootouts in the West because everyone had guns. People were fucking dueling each other constantly. Yeah, I mean, and we do live in People a... People were getting shot in the back. They were getting shot in taverns and bars. They were fucking getting murdered openly. Like, everyone had a gun and everyone was killing everyone. Yeah, I mean, and we basically have, you know, that in a lot of places in this country. And it hasn't really... I mean, now... Now it's essentially that anytime you interact with the police, they have they can reasonably say they think their life is in danger because everyone's armed. Who knows? Anyone could have a gun. So right. Doesn't really. You've got citizens on edge. You've got police on edge. You've got police on edge because of citizens. You have citizens on edge because of police. We have like this very fucking yeah, the, uh... tight rope of a social like of a civilization right now that's hanging on by like two fucking guns and it's like who's gonna pull the trigger first and under what circumstance and yeah yeah Yeah, like not great Uh, i was not a fan of yeah well you know just yeah the way this movie glorifies all of that stuff is frankly irresponsible here's the kicker for me (laughs) here's the kicker for me i actually like guns 
Yeah, I, I mean, don't, I don't mind them. I, I I enjoy guns. I want to buy a firearm. I have actually two in mind that I'm going to pick up as soon as I get the money saved for them. I like guns. But with that being said, I'm also not looking for a target. Yeah, I mean... I'm also not mentally unstable. I'm self-aware enough. I have a pretty good health system mentally. I have a pretty good support system from friends and family. Like, I'm not... I don't fit the profile to where, like, I'm in some depressive hole and I just have a stockpile of yeah, fucking that's another, firearms. That's another know? thing that doesn't get brought up too often, but, like, half of the deaths by... I was looking up gun violence statistics for an unrelated reason before we decided to watch these, and so it was, like, 30,000 uh, firearms-related deaths in America in, like, 2017, and I think over half of those are suicides. This like that's another thing that doesn't really like easy access to firearms does push the suicide rate. Yeah, up. Uh, so it like can, another it, part it, because of because like suicide is hard unless you have a gun. Yeah, that's the there's this saying that like the trigger pulls you, and you get the suicide rates are higher in places where people are isolated with easy access to firearms. That's like not oh, there's. There's this whole like no, toxic miasma around around guns. I don't I'm not as into them. I don't I don't know exactly where I land on it. I'm fine with people going to like the range or something that doesn't really bother me or hunting doesn't doesn't bother me. But when you see like those pictures of dudes that are in a fucking AMPM with guns with like three pistols strapped to themselves i start to want like what are you preparing for dude this is absurd you, you live your life <laughs> like, like this thinking it must just be stressful to like the other night oh so about two weeks ago alex alicia accidentally broke the glass on her vape uh-huh so we're trying to find a vape shop that was open and we go to like a little dodgier part of town we go in there the dude behind the counter super nice guy super chill but he's got a pistol rocking out of his pocket like out of his hand (laughs) yeah and i saw the handle and i'm like in my head i'm like that's a gun but i'm like i get it he works in a vape shop it's like 9 p.m in like a dodgy part of town okay texas right like you know right even if you weren't in a dodgy place uh, it wouldn't be like out of question to see someone open carrying Right, but even then, I'm like, okay, like, no problem, dude's got a gun, I'm not posing a threat, he's not threatening, whatever. There's a difference between that guy versus, like you said, the AMPM dude with who's, like, strapped. He's just there to buy a big gulp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or there's a difference between that guy and the guy who's fucking him and his buddies are paramilitary or they're fucking like they play soldier every weekend in the woods and there's a different mentality, yeah. you know? Just do airsoft, guys. Come like, on. There's healthy outlets yeah, for this stuff. Yeah. Airsoft's great. But it's Or paintball. There's a there's such a hero worship complex with the idea of vigilantism in this country it's the same like we have a, we have a hard on for con men too we love like the charming snake oil salesman and all that shit we love those ideas but in reality those ideas are actually two of our biggest dangers to just survival as a human yeah i mean with the con man stuff too it's like a lot of people 
like appreciate the grift, but then they also think like, oh, I would never be taken advantage of. So like, but and then they're yeah, always the ones taken advantage of. They're wrong. Yeah, they're always wrong. Um, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a mess. I don't. It is frankly, it's bizarre. Like, to this, I, it's bizarre to me this movie came out in 2018. It's so such a weird. I choice. Well, so originally I didn't expect this to be the conversation when I suggested Death Wish all those yeah, months ago. Because Death Wish was neither the first I. movie I suggested. Because in my mind, I'm like, who's asking for Death Wish to be remade? I thought like, we were just going to be know. watching like I thought the remake was going to be like Hobo with a shotgun or something. You know, just some like some right. weird like throwback hyper violence or something. It really was not right. I was I liked Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah, fun um, movie. I I just in my head when I saw this whole thing, I'm like Death Wish. Who the fuck was asking? Like, does people even remember Death Wish? Like, yeah. do does does the normal audience of people in 2018 like 15 it's gotta be. to like 45 or maybe even a little younger? Do those it. people even know Death Wish? Like, you know the, who's maybe, asking for this? Who wants this? The audience is like, like boomers who think the country is going the wrong direction or something. Like people that remember Charles Bronson fondly. Like, you know what we need? Another friendly Polish guy with a mustache and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just. This is weird. Yeah. Uh, so when I so when we got into this, I'm like Death Wish, like that's funny. And then I watched the first Death Wish, and then I watched the other Death Wish, and I'm like, "Fuck, man!" Yeah. Like we have a conversation on our and, hands. And it's not like, like, and it's like we're not doing this just because like we want to be talk about political topics. Frankly, I would prefer not to do it on a movie on a pod, yeah. on a podcast about movies. But they really yeah. especially the 2018 one, they make it overtly political. It's impossible not to see if, what they're doing throughout the entire thing. So it's really like that's I'm with you. I'm dead on with you. I'm like, I don't, in my head, I'm like, we should pick another episode. I'm like, we have to watch two <laughs> movies in like under 24 hours because this is going to be political. And yeah. I'm like, I was like, why? I was like, Death Wish, why did you have to be Death Wish? Like, you like why Roth, did you I thought it was just good. Go yeah, make a, like, make a worse version of Cabin in the Woods again. This is upsetting. It was like, it was weird. I was like, what? I was expecting something like the first Dirty Harry or like Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, or like Unforgiven or something. I, I, you know, there's all kinds yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm can watch like, Unforgiven without having like... to talk about the politics of guns, but they make it yeah. explicitly political. Fuck, <laughs> like... I, we want Ricky and I on my other podcast from years, years, years ago, Ricky and I talked about Boondock Saints, and we barely touched politics in that movie. Yeah, you really don't have to. Like, like it's... you don't have to, but Death Wish hammered, like, it fucking ham-fisted. Yeah. Like, it rams it down your throat from, like, Every aspect of this movie, any time that Paul Kersey is like the only kind of pathos or the only kind of like growth or the only kind of discussion this movie gets into fucking always goes back to is gun violence a problem? Is the vigilante helping or hurting? And it's like, and then I don't want to be assaulted with your fucking talking point. Yeah, they say that. And then it's always followed up five seconds later by, I don't know. I think it's probably pretty good for the city. Or like Mancow being yeah. like, I don't want to endorse vigilante killing, but you know what? I endorse this. I, Which, I it's ha just, fucking ha from that guy. 
Too, like we're a fucking movie podcast, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, we'll can have we to, watch two new movies we'll in under 24 vet, hours? We'll have to like, vet things a little more thoroughly next time. <laughs> I don't know. I, in my head, I'm just like, I was, I was like, oh, they remade Death Wish. That's well, this, this whole. Yeah. This is the reason why this podcast exists. Because I saw they read the Death Wish, and I'm like, who the fuck asked for Death Wish to be remade? Yeah, like, it was pretty baffling. I don't. No, was Bruce Willis then, bored or uh, something? He's like not like doing red isn't doing it for him. I don't know. It was weird. Like Death Wish is the entire movie this podcast exists because that's where I got the idea of like we need to talk about all these fucking remakes and reboots because like who the who was asking what moviegoer is yeah. going? You know what I want to see an updated version of Death Wish. We're getting out of pocket like, here. It was just. Yeah, we didn't oh need it, God, and dude. I think it might have made the world a worse place. I don't know. <laughs> but I it, also so too. it also sounds like it wasn't received super well. I can imagine the circles it was received well in, uh, but I don't didn't do amazing. Did they have a sequel in the works that got canned or something? I don't, no, yeah, no oh, yeah, this okay, was. Thank God. It, it was. It did too poorly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, it, it did way too poorly. Like. Yeah. They. Oh, that's, so you that's know, like, uh, yeah, so that's like, at it least, was, so, oh, sorry, finish, go ahead. It was delayed from opening. Oh, okay. Because the fucking Vegas shooting happened several days beforehand. So they were going to open it and the Vegas shooting happened and then Parkland happened. <laughs> they they delayed like, it. We can't push it again. So we'll do it two weeks after Parkland. Like, cool. Well, the Vegas one is like the biggest mass shooting in the country. It was like 55 people, I think. Yeah. So fun stuff. And uh you know, I know we have some foreign listeners, so this might all be Yeah. Things are crazy over here, guys. Yeah. Don't, don't come. Yeah, like don't, Kamala don't come like here. Kamala Harris says, don't come here. Yeah, don't please don't. <laughs> Do not come. Um, <laughs> it is dangerous. Yeah, so yeah. Th- so in Death Wish twenty eighteen grossed thirty four million. In Canada it grossed fourteen million and then worldwide take was forty eight. Okay. Against yeah. a production budget of thirty million, so it really did. Yeah, so like, it made like it, ten it million dollars or something. Okay. Yeah, and like the movie couches itself with, I mean, even the tagline is "How far would you go to protect your family?" Which is and not it's what he's clearly doing. Not what's happening. It's not what's <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah, it's yeah. not. He's the last season. The is, last scene is arguable that he's protecting his family. Well, that's after he's like instigated this thing with this guy who didn't know who he was before he tried to murder him. Right. I, it's just. Oh yeah, that shooting in that nightclub is like super irresponsible to Bruce Willis in a crowded yeah. bathroom shooting guns off. Come on, guys. Yeah, I just. And then you know the original Death Wish. I, I mean, at least I don't know the one, novel Death Wish. I yeah. don't know its sequel, but I know what it spawned. And I think that if you want to have a serious conversation, because that's what these movies are trying to couch themselves as, but think, they come off as like NRA talking points instead. I think the the newer one is more guilty of that than the older one. I think the older one is like a they're making an exploitation movie and they're setting it in. It's basically just the inciting incident for this guy to go on a on a murder spree, right? Like they right. there's one or two like ham fisted political things. like the when they walk through that party and someone's talking about how he's racist, but no he's not because black people are just more inclined to criminality, which okay, cool. We're just gonna leave that unchecked. Uh there's like two or three moments like that, but it's really in the twenty eighteen one, it's like every other beat there. 
Like, see, right. this is real, and this is current day, and this is the environment, the real environment this is happening in. That's really... And it's, like we were saying, like, at least in the 70s, New York was actually super violent, and people were being killed all the time. It was really, like... Right. There's a little bit of that going on in contemporary Chicago, but not nearly to the level that this... This movie makes it out, like... Well, people are dying every night, but because Bruce Willis is going out and shooting them, like that's <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he, again, like the crimes he's stopping are across the spectrum. So yeah. it's the idea of like carjacking, like, he killed, like, drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, well, he, the drug dealer also shot a kid in the leg, right? Oh, but yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, but his sentence, if the police took care of it, still wouldn't be death and i'm not saying protect the bad guy but i'm also not saying get a gun and go shoot someone because they committed a crime there's a reason we don't let bereaved fathers decide how like perpetrators of crime should be punished you know it's like not, oh yeah it's supposed to be dispassionate that's why we have like right these law things you know Right, but so. I, I think that we need to review the law. Like, this is a little out, off topic, but I think just, like, we need to review the the laws in this country and how they work. Because yeah, it's uh, clearly middling. I, I as agree far with that, but like, probably for different reasons. I'm pretty pretty soft on crime. I think we need to be taking a more, uh, more socioeconomic approach to these issues. I think I'd like to see more. I'd like to see less wrongful convictions and I'd like to see more serious offenders, regardless of what their offenses taken more seriously. I would like to see more restorative justice and like actual rehabilitation uh, as an end point. But this is like a whole yeah. other thing that they, that, yeah, they really that, that, that's a, our podcast isn't this. <laughs> yeah. Look what this fucking movie yeah. turned us into, man. Exactly. Like, Two, uh, two uninformed people talk about criminal justice reform. Cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> next, all right, guys, next week we're doing Jim Carrey movies. <laughs> like, I just... We will we be talking about Liar, Liar and the implications of the criminal justice system. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about The Mask and all about uh, lying and deceiving people. We're going to remake The Mask. Can we watch The Mask and Son of the Mask? Uh, can we not? <laughs> yeah, I really don't want to. <laughs> um... Yeah, guys, uh, Alex, gonna... what are you gonna do? You gonna you gonna reboot or deboot? Definitely not gonna watch this fucking movie again. I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say deboot, uh, like hard deboot on this one. This is I'm frankly I'm baffled about why this exists. Like you were saying, it's yeah, truly confusing and poorly timed and ill conceived and not i don't know yeah deboot hard deboot pull the power cord yep i'm deboot. i'm going to put a death wish on the on this oh, franchise good you're going to make finger guns at it yeah yeah so all right guys uh next week we'll pick something better but uh i was your vigilante co-host griffin yeah and i was a uh, i don't know texas guy with a funny or arizona guy with a crazy station wagon alex <laughs> see you next time well, we better get going. I wonder, will we ever see each other again? Who knows? God willing, we'll all meet again in Spaceballs too, to search for more money. <laughs>